WBEZ Features is supported by Adler University, educating students to advance socially responsible practice, healthy communities, and a more just society. With degrees in psychology, counseling, public policy, and leadership. Adler.edu. Chicago's in the middle of an intense debate about whether now is the time to reopen the public schools for in-person learning. Meanwhile, many families are just trying to keep their children on track as they deal with the worst effects of the pandemic. WBEZ's Sarah Karp tells us what it's been like for one Chicago family. Here you have zero. The family's first floor apartment is crowded and full of activity on this Thursday morning. Zero plus one. Two plus one equals one. All six people who live there are around and fill the four-room apartment on Chicago's southwest side. Sarai Camario sighs and looks at her six-year-old son. I'm done. He's desperately trying to get the attention of his teacher. He goes from raising his hand to taking his completed worksheet and putting it right in front of the computer screen. Sometimes he does get frustrated and I, like... He has to need to have patience. Sarai is juggling a lot while under a lot of stress. Her family has suffered sickness, death, joblessness, homelessness, and food insecurity. Today, she lives with her mother, her 13-year-old sister, her husband, and two young sons. Among the three adults, no one has a steady job. Her husband has hours at three different restaurants. Like in one job, he's only going two days in the morning. And then in another one, it's just one day. And then another one is like three or four days. So it's like barely enough to catch on the rent. Meanwhile, Sarai and her mother do what they can to make money. Sarai coupons and then sells the items she gets with them. Candelaria Lucero cooks for whoever will pay her. Today, she's making 50 chilirianos to be sold at a factory. Of her cooking, Candelaria says, <laughs> 10 months ago, before the pandemic, the family was much better off. Sarai's parents and their youngest daughter lived in their own apartment nearby. Her father and her husband worked the same two jobs, traveling together. Sarai was working in a bakery downtown making cupcakes. It was like my dream job because I went to study that. And Candelaria sold candy and baked goods outside of Spry Elementary School. Candelaria's youngest, the 13-year-old, says it was a treat to walk out and see her mom. Oh, my God. I, I, whenever I see my mom selling stuff, I would tell her, can I have one? And she always let me grab one. Ooh, um, chips, skittles. Then schools, restaurants, downtown bakeries, everything shut down. None of the jobs Sarai's family had could be done remotely. The only jobs that continued were at factories. But that's where the family suspects Candelaria's husband got sick. Really sick. So when I saw it on TV, I'm like, nah, this is not going to get here. Like, it's not going to happen to my family. But yeah, it, it, it was hard when, when everything happened. Just hours after he went to the hospital in May, Candelaria's husband died, leaving Sarai and her siblings without a dad and Sarai's young sons without grandpa. In their neighborhood, in Little Village, there are many stories like this. A lot of people were dying. People that we know around here passed away. Little Village has been hit particularly hard by COVID-19. In the zip code that contains it, one in every nine people has had a confirmed case. 226 people have died, more than in any other area in the city. 
Sari and Candelaria also got the virus. While she was in bed trying to recover, Candelaria says the landlord came asking for the rent. She told him she couldn't get the money from the bank, and he told her to get out. She says she did as soon as she could. But even the one apartment they have left has been difficult to keep up. Sarai says she tried to get help paying for the light, gas, and rent, but nothing has come through. Sarai is a U.S. citizen, but her husband and mother aren't. They don't call and ask questions and push. For Sarai's family, the children's elementary school, Spry, is virtually the only place they've gotten any support. The staff raised money to help with the funeral, and the counselor helped the 13-year-old make a memory box for her dad. People from school that they, um, that they had brought us food, they have told us about food pantries, so that's been helpful too. Still, the toll that this has taken on the children is palpable. The four-year-old is not into school on many days. This is Sari chasing him down to try to get him to focus. Sari E says the six-year-old has been getting A's, but as time goes on, is getting more discouraged. But Sarah E is not sending him back in person, even if the school district and the teachers union can work out a reopening deal. For me, it is important for them because I don't want them to fall behind. Um, like I want him to go back, but if it's not safe, I'm not going to send him. Candelaria's 13-year-old daughter was doing well at the beginning of the school year, propelled by her father's memory. Candelaria says he would always tell the girl to do good and to focus on her studies. But as time went on, the girl's grades dropped. Now with C's and D's, they've never been worse. There's something else more worrisome. She has talked to the doctor about um, being, about like going away, like suicide and like we've been cautious about that like not to leave her alone like the doctor recommended therapy but the family can't afford it the school suggested a free clinic but Sarai her sister is not so sure about it right now they're keeping an eye on her and taking her out whenever they can she likes Starbucks but what she really wants is her dad and her life back two things her family can't give her Sarah Karp, WBC News.